Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame online wager required. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Patriots First and Goal, the pre-Christmas week edition. The Patriots lost again. Usually, that would be a massive lump of coal in my holiday stocking, but I am just so <laughs> used to that this year, I don't even care anymore. Plus, it's the Chiefs. Richel, I will say this. If you told me back in August that the Patriots would drop 27-17 to the Chiefs, you'd be like, all right, yeah. decent result. I'll take that. Um, but it's just the way they lose these games that really just sticks in me, and they just, they just really twist the knife that much deeper into this lost season. Uh, I'm sure you watched the whole thing because you're a masochist like myself. But uh, before I get into that, it is the holiday spirit. And in the spirit of the holidays, how are yours going? Are you getting excited? Are you anything fun? How are you? Yeah, uh, I am going to be driving down to Florida uh, for oh. 14, 15 hours and hopefully avoiding Ooh. the holiday traffic. I don't know if anyone's done that before, but... My gosh, the worst possible scenario I had a few years back was my wife and I both had like strep throat and it was a 22 hour car ride uh, where we were both just dying. And the only food that we could get was Wendy's chili at three in the morning. And so (laughs) I wish that upon no one. And so I hope we have a relatively seamless ride this year. Indeed. How about this though, Richelle scenario? Would you rather have to drive 22 hours down to Florida with strep throat? (laughs) Or half the Patriots game. Oh man! Oh man! At least one I know that Florida is waiting for me. <laughs> There's no value to watching the Patriots in the second half. Uh, we can definitely talk about it a little bit more, but let's go, go into it. Patriots first and goal. We can talk about the Patriots uh, lost to the Chiefs, as you said, losing 27-17. Not fully surprised by it. The biggest thing that I feel like I want to take away here, not even just the fact that they've been completely inept in the second half, it's that when you look around the league, it's when you see uh, you know, whichever quarterback is starting for the Minnesota Vikings because they've had multiple. When you see Jake Browning come off the bench for the Cincinnati Bengals, you see Gardner Minshew go for 30 with the Colts. When you see these backup quarterbacks time after time after time come out and lead I'm not looking for an elite offense, but a fine offense, an offense that can score more than 24 points. And the fact that there's seems to be 
so many of those around the league and the Patriots have failed to exceed like 21 points all but like one time this entire year. What's going wrong? What, why, why is, why can't the Patriots score points? Yeah. And even to that, Rich, it's not even like they can't score points. It's like they score points. Like they're, they're good for like one drive a game. And it's usually in the first half now. I guess we're like Mac Jones sucked in the first half and came alive in the second. And now Bailey Zappi's great in the first half and he sucks in the second. Maybe though the formula is start Mac in the first half and start Bailey in the, or start Bailey in the first half, start Mac in the second that's half. Great idea. Maybe that's how we do it going forward. Um, but it's just it's just so weird how one thing the Patriots have always done historically is they take maybe a drive or two and they figure out the defensive scheme and they figure out where the holes are, then they attack that. And they keep exploiting that, and they find the mismatches in the coverage. And the exact opposite is happening with this Patriots team. It's like they're Benjamin Buttoning. They were really good, or they're 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 playing they're playing their best football in September, and it is slowly getting worse as the season goes on. You know, the, the era of extended preseason in October, you find your identity. You you start to gear up towards November and December. You're playing your best football, going to playoff push. It's the exact opposite of that. It's been a straight downhill climb. A downhill slide, I should say, and I just don't, I just don't understand it, and I, I'm not smart enough to, to cover it as like a wannabe journalist. It's just watching bad football unfold each and every week, and I always think about what am I going to talk about this week? With Rich, another Patriots loss, another like straight halves of, of three and outs and five play drives, and it's just more of the same. Against the Chiefs, great defense still looks good. Defense kept them in it. They two two great plays. I mean, the, the Tony pick was 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 kind of nonsense, but. Great, uh, Marky Mapu pick, uh, but the offense is so inept it doesn't matter, and it's just it's just really I'm just over it, Rich. I'm over it. I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean like it's the same team that we were talking about last year, and to me, uh, I I don't think I'm willing to say that Matt Patricia got a raw deal because he was fundamentally putting out an offense that conceptually couldn't work. He was having the quarterback do depth of drops that didn't align with the route depths like it just was fundamentally incoherent of an offense but we're also seeing a similar challenge here with bill o'brien where you know maybe the concepts are sound but nothing's working and the fact that you have these players that can you know shine somewhere else or at least look average somewhere else and for them to come here and just have nothing be able to work uh it's a complete failure across the board for the entire offense. And you, you see like, who are these young quarterbacks that are do having success? Like what are the teams where you put in just the backup quarterback and maybe you can still put up 20 points. The fact that the Patriots are struggling to do that means that this offense is too complex, right? Like even with Tom Brady here, what was the biggest complaint time after time about the new England Patriots offense as it related to incorporating young talent into the offensive scheme it's that it was too complex it's that it wasn't the simplified west coast offense it was a lot of uh you know receiver choice making sure you're on the same page with the quarterback making sure you're running the right option as it relates to the quarterback what are they seeing are you seeing the same thing and the patriots are running this complex offense without players that know how to operate in that complex offense they have an offensive line that is down to their like fourth string offensive tackle and their fourth string offensive guard so 
that's obviously like what's challenging a lot of the quarterbacks is that, yeah, maybe you can put up a good first half, but you're going to start feeling the pressure. And that's what happened to Zappy over the past two second halves is he started to feel the pressure. He's been collapsing. He was taking sacks that he absolutely should not take, uh, or, you know, he's throwing that interception and you're having problems across the offensive line. And the fact that, uh, across the board, you're having these players struggling to adapt to this offense. And you see the Shanahan McVay scheme, the Andy Reid scheme, all of these West Coast oriented offensive schemes really thriving today. Maybe they're not like fully sustainable forever, but at least it's going to get you to the playoffs, in which case the Belichick defense can get you over the hurdle. You just need to have some sort of offensive scheme that can operate in today's NFL with the personnel you have. Tom Brady is not coming through that door. An all pro tight end and Rob Gronkowski is not coming through that door. You need to manage and modify your offense to map to the talent that you have. And right now you got to adapt to the entire offense. So do you think Rich Hill then 2023 and 2024 is like a throw the offensive playbook out the window and start from scratch and everybody that's still on the roster come 2024 can't really use anything they learned in this particular scheme in the next season to totally clean slate? Or is there anything you want to bring over from the 2023 scheme into 2024? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's not like you throw everything out, right? Like when the offensive line is working well, it looks pretty good. Like when the offensive line was, you know, air quote, relatively healthy, they were running very effectively. Ezekiel Elliott looked good. The issue is that they've just been so bad in pass protection. And I'm not saying that there's like no concepts whatsoever that are valuable or able to be brought over because like there are certain plays that are worth bringing over. You know, you, you, there's especially if like you're still playing, paying those players and uh, Demario Douglas, probably the only one, but like he had many opportunities where it looked like he was doing well. But you look at the players that are going to be free agents after this year. Hunter Henry going to be a free agent. Kendrick Bourne, is he going to come back even with it with his injury? You've paid Devonte Parker, you've paid Juju Smith-Schuster, sure, but the uh, they haven't been the players that are really producing in this offensive scheme, and so you are at this opportunity to say, let's just reinvent the entire thing and see what we can do from there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not against that. Again, there's a lot of work to do, uh, and it, it does beg the question. I think we talked about before in previous podcasts. One thing that does give me some hope for 2024 and beyond. Like if you want to make the case that they're just literally like a decent quarterback away from being a, a, a pretty good team, I think you can make that case. I mean, the AFC is fairly weak as a conference. I think the Eagles and the Niners are the best teams in the NFL, and the Chiefs and the Bills are, are great, but they're on the decline. They're not going to be where they were this time next year. Uh, so if you have like a, a half good quarterback, uh, maybe you can sneak into the playoffs as a wild card next year. I don't think that's a, the, a complete uh, homer take. So maybe it is as simple as finding any kind of quarterback that can install a scheme and and just make smart decisions. I don't know. Maybe, am, I, am, I, am I crazy with that? No, I mean, it, it's one of those places where like they are a good quarterback away from being competitive, but they also need to have a good scheme to go with it. Uh, like, I don't think you put a good quarterback in last year or this year's offense and it would have made a difference. Like maybe they would have like been closer to 500 perhaps, but no one was salvaging this offense. Tom Brady wasn't going to salvage this offense. That's the state that it's in right now. So they need to have a full retooling. You can bring in that veteran, bring in a quality starter that you know can perform you know, above league average. That's great. Honestly, like that should be the threshold 
get one of those players that you know can be a top 15 players. Obviously, I don't think there's that many. I think Baker Mayfield wants to stay in Tampa. I'd be kind of surprised if Kirk Cousins comes over uh, just because I imagine the Vikings will pay for him. Dak Prescott's not leaving Dallas. So the numbers will dwindle pretty quickly. Um, and so uh, I, I think that the quarterbacks that in theory could be on the chopping block, you know, thinking of like the Justin Herbert and Jimmy Garoppolo, they have too much cap space allocated with them to move them. So I'd be curious to know who actually would be available for the Patriots. Uh, it would likely have to be a trade, but I think what they should be aiming to do is get that quarterback that's at that Andy Dalton line, like not Dalton anymore. He's past his prime, but get the quarterback at the Dalton line that you like, you can get that league average production out of because Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi are bottom five starter quality at this point in time. Get that player that you know has run the test, has proven that he can operate at that level, and then start building the offense around that. Start saying, okay, let's make sure we get an offensive scheme that we can build from. We know what we're working with from a quarterback threshold. We'll draft another one because we need to, but we need to first start with getting someone in the building that we know we can be competitive with. If the rookie beats them out, that's great but we need to have someone who can raise the floor because right now I don't think there's a single positional group on this Patriots offense that moving forward, I would say is uh, a quality floor to have. No, definitely. I mean, again, maybe you the case for the running back room, but Stevenson's hurt and Ezekiel Elliott, he's on a one year deal. Maybe he'll be exactly. back, but probably not. Uh, Kevin Harris off the practice squad had a nice touchdown. Good to see him make an appearance, I suppose. But yeah, I mean, I don't think, the Patriots running backs are scaring anybody, especially because they have no passing attack to speak of. So even if they do start running the ball well, you just put 11 guys in the box and they probably still can't connect. So it is what it is. Again, I'm not upset by the loss. This is a loss we had pegged in back on the pass. We're going to be good. And we figured they'd go 12 and five or so, or maybe 11 and six or 11 and seven. Um, you know, so whatever. I don't really care about that. They might have been able to win this one, honestly, with decent quarterback play. Yeah. Defense played well enough. I mean, they, 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 27 points with Chiefs and, one came on a really short field. It was a seven-yard drive, one of the touchdowns that he scored. So um, good for the defense. It's got to be frustrating. But uh, I don't know. I'm just completely numb to losses. And the Patriots held that the number two draft pick is still very much alive. The Panthers upset the Falcons. So they're in a battle for the number one overall pick, which is pretty exciting. Uh, I have no real actual analysis of the Chiefs game. Right? Not any, any particular plays you want to talk about. So <laughs> general curmudgeonliness uh but if not we can move on to second down yeah let's move on to second down i feel like the the moral of this patriot story against the chief is the exact same moral that we've seen time and time again not getting what they need from the offense offense is outdated defense playing their hearts out special teams net negative yet again <laughs> yet again what a mess and brendan schooler is kind of taking a couple of steps back which is weird dumb penalties and just weird poor play but uh, that's, a, that's a conversation for the offseason, I guess, Rich. Second and down. Let's go around the league here. It's week 16. There's games Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. God forbid you spend time with your friends and family this Christmas. If you want to do that, you can. Otherwise, you can just watch football pretty much from Thursday all the way through and just humbug your way through the season. Uh, any games you're excited about, Rich? I know I particularly am excited for the Monday night game, uh, Ravens 49ers, potential Super Bowl preview. Oh, yeah. I feel like I feel like if Lamar can't get the goal this year, he's probably not going to because the AFC is very vulnerable. The Niners are a wildly dominant team, both kind of ground game uh, forward. Uh, I'm in the fantasy playoffs, and I have Debo Samuel, and so uh, hopefully Debo is a big game. But other than um, Ravens 49ers, Rich, any, any game you excited to watch? 
Yeah, I mean, like, this is fundamentally a really strong week of games beyond, you know, Super Bowl preview, as you mentioned. Uh, you got the 10 and 4 Cowboys on the road against the 10 and 4 Dolphins. You got Trevor Lawrence and the 8 and 6 Jaguars on the road against Baker Mayfield and the 7 7 Bucks. Uh, you got the 10 and 4 Lions against the 7 and 7 Vikings, which things can always get weird, but Lions are vying for that number two seed in the NFC. Uh, you got Joe Flacco having a resurgence with the Browns yeah. going against the Texans. That's just one of the more interesting and fascinating storylines for the year. Um, but the sicko in me will be watching the three and eleven Cardinals on the road against the five and nine Bears because because uh, Patriots have draft picks at stake here, right? That, that's where we are. Obviously, I would like for them to fall behind the Panthers if the powers be, uh, but the Panthers have a relatively hard schedule. I would be shocked if they they added another loss. And so, if I'm New England, I'm really just trying to focus on can we secure that number two seed. Uh, and so if the, this, there is going to be an opportunity for the Cardinals to rack up another wing, uh, they got the Eagles in week 17 and the Seahawks in week 18. And so I would be surprised if they picked up a win there. But, you know, stealing one against the Bears is very much in the realm of possibility. What's in it for Chicago, you think, to keep playing football right now? It's a very weird thing <laughs> those two. It's like Christmas Eve. They probably have a day off on Christmas Day sun, um, on, on Monday. And they didn't want to play football. They're they're really they're all their draft pick cap was invested in the Panthers losing because they had the Panthers first round draft pick. Very weird time to be a Bears fan. I feel yeah. like. No, it's true. It's true. But also, like, I feel like there's uh, there's some exciting things happening to, you know, obviously, like not a great extent, but like to some extent, like uh, Justin Fields. He's obviously like not the guy, but he's giving you something exciting to watch, right? Like that's what we as Patriots fans have been asking for this year. We're not looking for someone who's a world beater, but we're looking for someone who can be at least like a little interesting. And before going out there uh, against the Browns, he had put together like a three game stretch of being like, do we have something here? They played spoiler to the Vikings and to the Lions. Like, is there something going on? Like to be able to say, are we cooking with anything here? You know, he gives you that exciting. Uh, Moore has been doing a very good job, though, you know, worth the acquisition that the Bears did. Uh, So they have some pieces that they're rooting for. Um, But ultimately, like, there's not a chance that they're going to lose to the Cardinals, right? Right? Um, I'm, I'm putting a massive jinx out there, but I would be really interested to see if uh, the Cardinals are able to pull that one off. Yeah, I mean, I would too. It would be very interesting. Uh, but after the NFC, let's go to the AFC. Probably go to the, the Patriots-Broncos game on Christmas Eve night. Let's look at the AFC East for a second. I think that with a win and a Bills loss, Miami can clinch the division. Um, and they clinch a play a first in the win, I believe. So Miami is a lot to play for. They're playing the Cowboys, though, who's got slapped around by the Bills in Buffalo, granted. Uh, I can't see the Cowboys putting up two duds in a row. How do you feel about Miami's chances of making the playoffs this week? Oh, I, I don't know if they'll uh, get in there, like this week in particular, but I think that, like, once they get there, they'll make noise. I feel like this is a different vibe of a Miami team. Again, like it's in Miami. So I, I, you know, if Miami wins, I wouldn't be surprised. I think they, what they clinch a playoff berth, but not the division. If they win and the bills have a a likely win against the, the chargers. Um, And so if the dolphins, I I can see them getting the playoff berth, not the division this week. Um, But I, I I feel like this is going to be potentially uh, the AFC representation this year. Uh, coming out of Miami. Most likely. Uh, again, especially with Tyreek was out and they still beat the crap out of the Jets last week. Nothing that's saying much. Um, but at least there's some AFC East representation in the playoffs. The Bills are not a team I would want to face as a seven seed. I'll tell you yeah. that. 
interesting stuff. But that's not really a conversation we get to have, Rich Hill, because the Patriots are out of the <laughs> Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide variety of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. Gamesensema.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. The Denver Broncos are not out of the playoffs. This is the third and goal. They have a very strong uphill uh, climb to get the playoffs. They're probably not going to make it. But they are fighting for their playoff life. Their postseason has already started. They're coming into England on December 24th. We're all going to be sitting down to our Christmas Eve dinners, wherever we do, and there's going to be a bad football game on instead. So let's start with the worst and get it out of the way, Rich. Patriots offense, Denver Broncos defense. Besides, like, actually bring together more than three plays before punting. Uh, what's your strategy for taking out the Denver defense? I mean, like, it's not a good defense, but we've said that many times for the Patriots <laughs> to put up zero points. So uh doesn't matter. Um, they they have a the worst defense in the league as it relates to run defense yards allowed per carry. They have a bottom uh, five or six defense against the pass uh, where they do stand out. Um, is they like force a lot of turnovers and that's how they stick around in games. And I think the Patriots are pretty good at protecting the football, right? Like this year. uh, Oh wait, no, no, no. The Patriots have been absolutely atrocious at protecting the football. So that's where I think they match up the least favorably with the Broncos. It's one of those things where if the Patriots turn the ball over zero times, I think they win. I think they're, they'll win potentially an ugly game, but if they, you know, lose the turnover margin if they are negative one negative two not a chance they're going to be able to pull this one off because uh like even if this is a a weak uh broncos defense there's still nothing on the patriots offense that i feel like will threaten the broncos with any sort of scoring no uh they can run the ball i think they can run the ball well i, I can't imagine Ramondre Stevenson coming back this year i don't know why they would call strange now on the ir so they're going to be really banged up on the interior of the line uh they're just going to have to do a lot of maybe high percentage throws to the outside. They did that little thing against the Chiefs. You saw kind of a quick slant, a quick post. You saw Devontae Parker make a contested catch, which, which was nice to see. Um, but if they're gonna if they're gonna move the ball against the Broncos, I can't see them picking up these big plays, these chunk plays through the air. I think it's be more of a kind of dink and dunk the way down the field and, and try to get in. And so maybe Hunter Henry seems to be Bailey Zappi's favorite red zone target. So I'll keep him as my X factor. Uh, he's really the only real scoring threat they have on the offensive side of the ball from the passing game perspective. I feel like for some reason, him and Zappi have the rapport that him and Mac Jones never got. So if they can get down to the end zone, I can see Hunter Henry getting one or two. It seems like he's having a bit of a, a late season resurgence, but getting down to the red zone is the big if because I can see a lot of three and outs coming our way. Yeah. No, I mean, that's fair. I mean, like, the, the simplest thing for me to say is that the offensive X factor is the offensive line. Like missing Trent Brown out there 
terrible. Cole Strange is done for the year. Uh, he's on the injured reserve now to the injury that he suffered. This is going to be brutal. Uh, this is not a Broncos defensive front that I feel like is a world beater by any means, but they're not devoid of talent. Like Jonathan Cooper has been productive of a pass rusher on the outside. Zach Allen, former Boston college guy has been productive uh, as well. And so they have some bodies out there that can produce to some degree. Um, but also we've seen that this Patriots offensive line crumbles against most competition. And when you're dealing with as many injuries as they are right now, that's clearly the biggest X factor. Like the Patriots only path to winning this is being able to run the ball efficiently with Ramondre Stevenson uh, out. It's going to be entirely on Ezekiel Elliott's shoulders. And that's going to go as far as the Patriots offensive line can take them. They can, yeah. they can try to win with uh, Hunter Henry. They can try to throw it to Demario Douglas, but it's all going to come down to the trenches for the Patriots. Yeah, I mean this this in a in, in a weird, morbid way, this team is, at this point of the season reminds me a lot of that, that twenty thirteen squad that was just banged up at every single level and they just limped their way to the ASU championship game against Denver, ironically, just the running game and, and Tom Brady, the event just ran out of gas. Uh unfortunately the Patriots ran out of gas in like mid October of this year and the injury just compounded that. And I, I just don't really see a lot of points happening in this game on either side. Again, the Broncos offense isn't really that good. Uh, good transition to the fourth and goal here, Richell. Broncos offense, Patriots defense. This is a strength versus strength as much as one can be. I, I like the Patriots defense chances here. Russell Wilson can still move in the pocket. He still is very mobile. Mobile quarterbacks have been the Achilles heel for this team for a very, very long time. Uh, do you see Russell Wilson as a, a real mobile threat that can extend plays and, and make things happen back there? Yeah, I mean, like he's uh, he's able to he's over 300 yards on the ground this year. He's averaging about 22, 23 yards per game on the ground. So like he has that escapability still and he definitely uses it. And he knows when to use it. So Patriots will have to worry and make sure that he doesn't extend plays. Um, but this is like a weirdly balanced Broncos offense in a way that it feels like not a lot of players are being maximized to their full utility. Uh, Williams and Perrine are like a very good one-two punch, uh, but also uh, Jalil McLaughlin. Like there's three of them that are producing out of the backfield. They obviously have different roles. Uh, Perrine is like a receiving back out of there, but he gets a lot of play. Um, But you have Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, which should be in theory one of the best receiving duos in the entire league, and it is crickets. They 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 are fine. They are barely outproducing the Patriots receivers, which is a massive indictment, right? Like they they, they are by far and away more talented than anyone that the Patriots have at the, in the receiving room. And you know Sutton has 770 receiving yards. Judy has 581 and one score on the year. They are not effective. They are not efficient. Uh, Russell Wilson is like, you know, having a much better year this year than last year, but let's still not pretend like they are a very good offense. Um, they have scored more than 24 points just like three times this year. And just once since week four, uh, they, they've just not been effective. They've not been efficient, but can they be more effective and efficient than the Patriots? You betcha. Uh, this is going to be one where, you know, I, I don't think that it's going to be a barn burner by any measure, but uh, there's enough talent on this Broncos offense with enough ability to get some juice out of this stone that the Patriots are going to have to find a way to to be clawing their way onto the, the scoring board. 
I'll tell you why the Denver Broncos offense is struggling so much with show because they're not utilizing former Patriots legend Little Jordan Humphrey in the receiver team. <laughs> I think he has like 10 catches for like 94 yards and two TDs on the season, which I would take from a Patriots receiver. <laughs> um, that Juju Smith-Schuster? His stats are comparable to Juju, which is just awful to think about. I was like Little Jordan Humphrey. I thought he had a pretty good preseason during his cup of coffee with the Patriots. That's neither here nor there, Rich. Uh, do you think this is a scenario? I guess the thing that concerns me here is I don't know what's going on with J.C. Jackson. Uh, I don't really know what's going on with the secondary right now in terms of people being able to play and not being able to play. Uh, this would be a conversation in terms of previous games where I'd say, what's their best weapon? Are you taking the best weapon away? Do you think we can go one-on-one secondary-wise against these two receivers? Do you double anybody? Do you have a, a robber on Russell Wilson? What's like your ba- you have a base nickel package? against this unit what's like your base package here yeah i mean honestly it's really hard because uh who's starting in the patriots secondary like jonathan jones is so banged up i feel so badly for that guy because he's doing so much and like everything that he can but he is so clearly hurt like that that's one where i feel badly for miles bryant has been having himself the best possible year you could expect given all of the circumstances. Jalen Mills, they used him extremely effectively against Travis Kelsey last week against the the Chiefs. Like Patriots are pulling out all the stops despite having injuries to pretty much everyone. everyone. And so I don't know necessarily at this point in time, do they have people that can go head to head against Sutton uh, and against Jerry Judy? Like Alex Austin is going to get the start probably like it the there's a very real world where jonathan jones might be like too injured to play and you're gonna get alex austin out there with miles bryant as your two starting cornerbacks and that's going to be really rough but that said i've seen enough out of this defense this year that i feel like they're promising like i i I don't think that they're going to like shut down the broncos or anything but this defense no matter how many injuries they have they're going to be competitive Will it be enough at the end of the day? I think that comes down to more to the offense and can they do anything on it? But I don't think that we are going to leave this game against the Broncos being like, oh, wow, this offense was overmatched because the Patriots defensive front seven is and has been playing so extraordinarily well. Yeah, I mean, as far as run defense, they're up there at the top of the league, um, which I'm actually going to go on Bentley as my defensive back factor. I think he represents like, this combination of size and speed that can keep Russell Wilson honest and stop the run as, when necessary. I do think if the, if the Broncos are going to win this game, uh, it's probably going to be through the air. I don't really see a 100-yard, 150-yard day from, from anybody on the ground. And thank goodness, because uh, I can't imagine anything worse than having to stay on the field like a 14-play drive where they just grind yards out, and then Baylor Zappi has a three-play, 63-second-yard second drive, and you got to go right back out there. That's a quick recipe for even more guys to be injured reserve list. So, um, I, I'm okay with them just showing up to stop the run, forcing them to make some plays. And maybe we got a pick six this week, Rich Hill. Maybe this is the week the Patriots defense put some points on the board. They say enough is enough. You guys can't score. We'll do it for you. We haven't had one at all this year, and that blows my mind. We're into week 16 of the NFL. has not been a single defensive or special team score for this team. Sucks. Yeah, no, that is surprising. That is surprising. Um, I don't know if they'll get a pick six because Russell does a very good job of like protecting the football and not turning it over. But I think where the Patriots do have an opportunity, Russell Wilson has eight fumbles on the year. Obviously, not all fumbles are equal, 
But I think that if the Patriots are going to make some noise, it's going to be with their defensive front seven. It's them going to either like force a fumble with a sack, something of that nature, force a fumble by being really stout against the run. Uh, I mean, you just look at the proportion of where this Broncos offense comes from. They rely so much on that running back room. Lawrence Guy going to be my X factor, but in reality, it's the entire Patriots defensive front seven guys, really just the face next to Godshaw as uh, the two players that I would really count on against the run. Godshaw having a great year. Uh, Anthony Jennings, I mentioned this last time, Rob Ninkovich-esque, he is really doing well. Uh, I think he had something like five stops on the edge last week against the Chiefs. He is just performing week in and week out like i hope he gets the contract extension he's the type of player that you want to have in the long term for your defensive front uh add in Tavai, who's having himself a great year in bentley who's been his usual consistently great self this is going to be a defensive front that i feel like can stop the broncos and force them to go through the air it's just a matter of uh can the Patriots offense capitalize if they ever get the ball um or else you know the dam will break at some point for the Patriots defense yeah, will it be another, you know, maybe 18 point first half and zero point second half? Uh, I guess time will tell. Uh, that's kind of all I got on this preview. We're trying to get the predictions and that's what I talk about. Nope. Let's go on to game predictions. All right, game predictions. So last, we both had the Chiefs winning. You said 24 to 10. I said 24 to 13. So I guess I win by three points because it's 27 to 17. Not overly proud of that prediction, but here I find myself. So back to me. <laughs> It's Christmas Eve, Rich, and Christmas Eve, whether you celebrate it or not, is traditionally a time for miracles to happen and weird things to take place and things where usually where you're down and out and magic kind of in the air and all that good stuff. Uh, so I'm taking the Patriots to win this game. Uh, I know people might not like that because they are all in on the tank. I am going down with the ship. Like I said, I want to, I would like to start my holiday off right. I feel like the Patriots have played on Christmas or Christmas Eve like 10 years straight now. It's not like two or three, I know, but they've lost the past like three Christmas Eves they've played on. Uh, and I'd like to see a, a nice win on a victory, a victory Monday for Christmas Day for me. I don't think it's going to be a very high scoring game at all. I think it's something that maybe like 22 to 17, uh, I would be really happy with because we'll get that pick six like I'm talking about. The offense scores two touchdowns or a touchdown and two field goals, and the defense or special teams get the score in there. And the Broncos come back, fall short. So I'll go Patriots 22, Broncos 17. Wow. Okay. I mean, I could see that. I think that these are two very well-matched teams. I am envisioning this being a one-possession game. Um, I just feel like it's in Denver. So I don't trust the Patriots being able to pull that one off. Although uh, I think they've only, you know, they they, they win uh, when they're on the road. So who knows? But Denver, this is like playing in Miami. It's just not going to end well for the Patriots. Uh, I think there's going to be a moment of heartbreak towards the end. The, the Broncos offense, supremely average. Their defense has been bad. Um, but also not as bad. Uh, they're very skewed by a couple of really bad outings, including the one that they just had. So uh, I think that it will be a relatively low scoring affair. I am not expecting Bailey Zappi to lead any sort of like really strong offensive performance. And like fundamentally he's had two good halves out of the, you know, six that he's really been playing as a starter. So in reality, I think he, I don't, I don't know if he's even better than Mac Jones at this point. Um, like the, there's moments where the offense feels more competent, but then, uh, as you said, the game just gets away from him in the second half. And I don't think we've seen any good per, like play out of him in the second half uh, for the three games that he's played. And so for that, I feel like it's going to be close at halftime. 
Broncos are going to score in the second half and the Patriots aren't going to have an answer for it. Broncos are going to win this one, something along the lines of like 17 to 13. 17, 13 Broncos, a real barn burner indeed. Rich, are you sticking with your earlier prediction uh, that this is going to be Bailey Zappi's offense for the rest of the season, barring some kind of like six pick disaster? Or do you think these plays dropped off enough that Mac Jones might get the range for like one more shot in week 17 against the Jets or something like that? No, I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's unless he throw, turns it over three times, it's his. Like, it, that's the threshold. Mac Jones has given him a very long leash because of how Mac Jones played under pressure, but like, you saw Mac uh, Zappy with the the interception, but like you know, in the first half, he does a really good job staying on script. It feels like he's putting the offense in the best position to stay on script. They should do that uh, platoon sort of approach. Let Mac Jones play in the second half, but in reality, it's going to be Zappy uh, unless the wheels fall off. There's just like not enough support around him. Um, and it's not like he's playing the worst football of the players on the roster in the sense that like Mac Jones isn't going to give them a better chance to compete. So why would you, why would you make that change in the middle of a game? No, why would you? But I, I think people are, I, I'm very curious that the, the let Zappy cook crowd is, is the same right now. None of the league's gone, especially you can't start him anymore. It's Zappy or Mac Jones from here on out. Uh, and that's just, that's just a depressing way to end the year. Uh, but that's all right. That's all right, Rich. Yeah. No, it's true. Um, but you know what? It's almost over. Almost uh, over. We will have so many storylines around will they, won't they with Bill Belichick. Uh, but three games left. Uh, yeah. This season has gone on way longer uh, than it has any business going. Um, but uh, yeah, this is the first time in 30 years that the Patriots have been this bad. So it's very well overdue. Long overdue. And again, like I said, the one I'm real plus about this is I've never been this relaxed when it comes to football in late December, like ever. I'm usually nervous. The games matter way more. You're talking about home field advantage. You need not only your team to win, but you need someone else to lose. You need to be the one seed. There's a lot of things I was paying attention to, and that's all just gone. And I can just chill and enjoy football for what it is. And there's something you said about that. So. That is what I'm thankful for this holiday season because otherwise it's really not a lot to be uh, happy about. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like, I, I think what we can be thankful for is that even at its bleakest point, uh, even with the Patriots looking like a bottom two team in the NFL, they still managed to beat the Jets. They still yep. managed to beat the Steelers. Would have loved if they could have beaten the Colts to pull off that trifecta, but I'll take the Bills game instead. Uh, I don't care that they lose to any of the other teams as long as they beat those ones because that feels great in this as a point of emphasis. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, hopefully next year, I, I do want maybe leave this as the extra point. I kind of want Belichick to stick around. I just want him to completely yeah. reinvent the offense, as we talked about on first down. I want him to bring in a uh, you know Shanahan McVay offensive specialist because. He'll bring the defense. He'll bring the defense. Let them figure out the special teams unit. They'll be fine. Um, but figure out that offense, and this team will be right back on it. It's just a matter of, like, will Belichick finally give the offense to someone who isn't one of his men? Yeah. I mean, it could be such a great, like, final chapter of Bill Belichick's career is to take an absolutely terrible Patriots team and bring them to contenders, like, in one offseason with the first high draft pick he's ever had, maybe some help, and – Keith Newman does defensively, and AFC on the decline. They can be at the rise at the right time. It can be a really, really cool story, and I love her to do that. Really I'm with you on that. We can talk more about that in the offseason. But yeah, Rich, three games to go. 
and then it's over. Just think about that. Three games left. <laughs> yeah, well, until next time, Alec, you have a good one. You too, buddy. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Later, man.